Amen. Brother Kendrick, get one of them guys to help bring that, that chair out here. 1 Timothy chapter number 6, and we're going to be reading in verse number 17. Verse 17. What a God we serve. He's big enough to keep the sun shining, keep the earth spinning, keep the stars in their place and all the planets where they need to be, yet he has time to stop and hear your prayer. What a great God we serve. The psalmist said this, when I, when I consider the heavens and the works of thy hands, when I, when I think about Mount Everest, when I think about the Great Barrier Reef, when I think about all of the great things that God has made, man, when I think about Niagara Falls, what is man? What is man that thou art mindful of him? Man, I'm glad that God has you on his mind. Amen? Amen. All right. 1 Timothy chapter number 6 and verse number 17. If you have your place, say amen. amen. All right. Here we go. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain what? Riches. There's things in this world that's uncertain. There's things in this world, and, and if you, you have any idea or any clue about the economic situation our country's in, uh, you know that things are not the same day by day. There are things in this world that's very uncertain, but what happens is, is we put our confidence and our hope and our trust in something that is uncertain, and when that uncertain thing takes place, here we are lost without anything. He said, don't put your confidence, don't put your trust in things that are uncertain, but... In the, say it with me, living God. Now watch this. This is the cool part. Read this with me. Who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Say it with me. Who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. All right, one more time together. Amen. Here we go. Who giveth us Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your blessings today. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for giving us all things richly to enjoy. And God will praise your holy name today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I asked earlier, I asked earlier, how many of you, how many of you, and I want to ask this again, how many of you could use a little more joy in your life? Raise your hand. All right. Now look. I, I took up a couple verses, and I, I, I printed them out for me uh, this, this evening, yesterday evening. The Bible says, Nehemiah 8, verse 10, the joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. What does that mean? The strength that you need to accomplish what God has called you to do, the strength that you need to make it in this crazy world. How many of y'all know it's crazy out there? I mean, it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. The Bible says in the last days, perilous times shall come. I mean, it's going to get difficult. Now, where are you going to get the strength to accomplish what you need to accomplish? Where are you going to get the strength to fight the devil on a daily basis? Where are you going to get the strength to put your, your flesh under subjection so that you could serve God in holiness and righteousness? Where are you going to get the strength to be able to stand up against the wiles of the devil, stand up against the things in this culture, stand up to do and be what God wants you to be? It's going to be from his joy. The joy of the Lord is our, say it, John 15, 11. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy, my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Jesus is speaking. 
He is saying, I want to give you joy that you can't even imagine. I want your joy to be full. In other words, you just can't take anymore. That's the kind of joy I'm looking for. Amen? The Bible says in John 16, 24, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. All these verses talking about having fullness of joy. Having a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now, I, I'm finding these verses over and over and over again. I mean, I'm finding him where he says, I want you to have life and have it more abundantly. I'm finding where Jesus says, I want my joy to be in you and your joy to be full. I'm finding verses that says Jesus is telling us to ask what we will and we shall receive that our joy may be full. Now, what is the problem? Why is it that there are so many Christians that are not full of joy? There's so many Christians and so many people that's going through this earth and going through life. Listen, just going through the routine. They're in the biggest rut that you've ever imagined. They go to work and come home. It's the same old life every day. What's wrong? Jesus purposed for us to have a great life. Jesus purposed for us to have a wonderful life. I want to give you three quick things today. When I mean quick... I mean quick. Say amen. I've got to leave right after the services and hope I make it to get on the plane in time in Birmingham and fly to Brother Tony's in Columbus, Ohio and preach tonight. I'll get off the plane, walk in the building and say, get your Bibles. Amen. So y'all pray for me. Amen. I have a loaded day today. Amen. Now, three things real quickly. I want you to, I want you to write these things down. If you've got a pencil and paper, write these things down. Number one, I want you to see this. There is a principle... There is a principle to accept. There is something you've got to get in your head, and you've got to really get this, because if you've been under years and years of wrong teaching or years and years of wrong theology, or maybe you hadn't been under any, but you've just seen what you've seen on TV. And by the way, most of the stuff you see on TV is garbage. By the way, amen. Uh, there is so much junk on there, and what happens is people get this image in their head about what church is going to be. And then they all the way to church, they're thinking, I don't want to go there. Man, that place is boring. That place is going to be this, and that place is... And all in your mind, you're thinking that. But when you get there, it's nothing like you imagine, or it shouldn't be. This should be the most exciting place on the planet right here. Because this is where we have a little bit of heaven on earth. God comes to meet with us, and he's the most exciting character in the universe. Say Amen. Amen. But what has happened in your life, maybe you had a bad experience. Maybe you came to church and this guy got up and was mean as a junkyard dog and he spit to the fourth row and stuck his fingers right into your eyeball and said how sorry you was and how much God hated you and how much he's going to hit you with a lightning bolt if you step out the wrong way. So how do you know that? I've seen a few of them. I've seen a few of them. I've even sometime in my life, I've even acted that way sometimes. But Jesus said when we pray, he said, pray, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And some of you have a wrong understanding of who your father is because of who your earthly father was. Maybe your earthly father treated you like a dog, and maybe he beat on you, maybe he talked bad about you. But I promise you this, your heavenly father is nothing like your earthly father. And your heavenly father wants you to enjoy life. Watch what it says. I got a verse. Look what it says. He, it says, but trust in the living God who giveth us richly all things to, all right, God gives you things so you can what? Enjoy them. 
Now, now some of y'all are thinking, now that's not the God I've heard about most of my life. The God I've heard about most of my life is waiting there to hit me when, with a lightning bolt as soon as I mess up. Well, that's not the God of the Bible. Now, the God of the Bible is holy, righteous. There are four creatures around his throne crying out daily, every day of the week, every hour of the day, every minute of the hour, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come, holy, holy, holy. He is righteous and he is holy and he will keep us in check and he will keep us in line. But it is his greatest desire is to fellowship with you and me. Hallelujah. Watch what it says. He giveth us all richly all things to enjoy. What is the principle? First, the purpose for his children. The purpose for his children. Write that down. Let me give you these two things and I'll give you another verse. We see what principle do we need to accept? That God has a purpose for his children. What is that? To enjoy life. Say that with me. To enjoy life. Everybody say it. To I told you last week. That in the garden, God not only put in there the, 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 the trees that were good for food, but he put there trees that were pleasant to the eye. Why? Because he wanted Adam and Eve to enjoy their life. God has a purpose for you. This is a principle you need to get. I don't care what other preachers said. I don't care what TV preachers said. I don't care what anybody said. God wants you to have a great life. Jesus said, the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly God has a purpose for your life he wants you to enjoy life then not only that but we see the provision the provision for his children the provision for his children Matthew 7 verse 11 watch what it says he's speaking to the he's speaking uh, 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 to the people there around him he says if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children How much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? How much more? If you know how to be a blessing to your children, if you know how, how many of y'all like giving your children something they really want? You know they've looked for it and wanted it and asked for it and irritated you about it? Please, please, Mama, let me have a gerbil. I've got one child. She's going to be the next crocodile man. (laughs) Crocodile woman. She wants animals. She wants birds. She wants rats. She just wants stuff in the house. She's got a parakeet. Now she's, I think it's a parakeet. Two birds. I think two, two birds there. And, and, and wanting gerbils and, and guinea pigs and hamsters and all kinds of things that you shouldn't have in the house. I need a witness right there. Hallelujah. But, but. When she really wanted that bird, I mean, she would leave it on notes. She would put it in my office. Uh, she, would, she would tell uh, Tammy, and she would, uh, uh, aren't children smart? See, they'll get in the truck, they'll get in the truck, and, and, and they will be talking to you, but they ain't talking to you. They're talking to their sister, but they know they're talking to you because you can hear what they're saying to their sister. Beck, I sure, I sure want one of them parakeets knowing my head is three foot from her head she's looking at becca but she's talking to me did y'all have any like that i sure want one of them i sure want and then then when you when you sure enough know that they think that you ain't gonna get it and you're gonna get it am i right 
I remember for Christmas, we went up and got the cage and all that stuff and, and then put it in a room. And Man, one of the greatest joys that I have is watching her go in there and find the parakeet, find the bird that liked to pass out when she ran in there and hollered, fell out. If she had died, I'd have... <laughs> Do y'all know what I'm talking about? And this is what Jesus is saying. He said, if you like that so much and you know how much to be a blessing to your children... How much more does your heavenly Father want to give you good things? Boy, that's an image we need to get. Because that's an image so many church people don't have in their heart, in their mind. They're, they're thinking this is, the, this is the person upstairs with lightning bolts. Man, he wants to bless you. He gives you all things to enjoy. I started thinking about them things. I started thinking about... I started thinking about things. And, and, and by the way, I'm setting the table for a good, don't you even check out on me mentally right here, all right? I'm, I promise you, you're going to find a reason why you're not having joy, all right? There were things that God has given me that I enjoy. I, I, really, I really enjoy coon hunting. I really enjoy coon hunting. Yes. Come on, Gabriel. <laughs> yes. All right. Come down here and sit on that. Second row right here. Right there. All right. He is not. Don't stand. Don't you sit on me. All right. He is not a a coal miner. He's a coon hunter. Say amen. Uh, I got other people in here. Uh, Brother Jeremo and and Brother Bruce. Where's Brother Bruce at? Brother Bruce is in the back. And and, and Cody. I saw Cody in here somewhere. Where's Cody at? Where's Cody at? Oh, the other Cody. Yeah. Cody, you done moved to the back row. What's up with that? Amen. Now, I, I, I remember... I remember I, I started coon hunting with a gentleman. I tried to get in church in South Carolina. I, I tried my best to invite him. He was one of them old, hard nosed, you know. Everybody that tried to get him in church, everybody tried to get him in church, tried to force it down his throat and tell him he was going to hell if he don't go to church and all this. And he was waiting on him. And I, I found out later on he was waiting on me too. And everybody said, well, what about him? I said, I want to I get him in church. So I went to him. I went to him and I said, uh, I said man, why don't you go to church with me? I'd never been coon hunting a day in my life. Well, I did one time, but it was riding around in a truck shining in trees, and that don't really count. Say amen right there. But he said, won't you go coon hunting with me? I said, I sure will. I said, if you go to church with me, I, I'll go coon hunting with you. Well, we showed up that night, and it was about 25 degrees colder than I've ever been in my life. I showed up with blue jeans and tennis shoes on. I get out the truck, and he looks at me and says, he turns around, goes in his barn, and brings me out some, some hip waders to put on and, and a light to put on, and, and, and we go to the woods, and, 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 and honest to God, God is my witness. He had an old uh, gray dog, which means he don't have papers. He's not a registered dog. Old gray, black and tan, named Lim. He was 103 years old and went slowly through the woods. Amen? Well, old Lim got out there, and he got treated. Ho, ho. Oh, he said, all right, they're treed. So he, he, he stops. We drive around as close as we could get. He pops open the, the, the toolbox, and, and he pulls out a machete. I thought, okay, I don't know if we're going to, you know, cut him out of the tree. I, uh, I'm sitting here. I've never been coon hunting in my life. He pulls out a machete. He pulls out, he pulls out a couple other things, his leashes and everything, and he pulls out a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> now, you got to understand, it's 25 degrees. Are y'all with me? I thought to myself, boy, this is a fine time to have to go, amen? <laughs> I said, what are you going to do with that? He said, you'll see. So we go, he starts taking, now this is an old time coon hunter. Now we got GPS, we hit a button, takes you straight back to the truck. But that day, he'd take off a piece of toilet paper and put it on a limb. 
And every, every 20 yards or so, he'd take a piece off and put it on the limb so you could follow your way back out. I said, oh, God, please don't let the animal have to go out here and take our toilet paper. <laughs> Got out there as cold as I've ever been. But I tell you what, and we didn't even see a coon that night. We had to go through a briar as thick as you've ever seen. But from that night on, the rev was hooked. Say amen. And by the way, he did finally come to church. He did get saved, and he's in church right now. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But let me tell you what I've done. I didn't preach it. I didn't force it. I just went and become his friend. And he was waiting every night for me to get on him because he said, he told me later on, he told me, boy, I was going to get you, but I never gave him a chance. Amen. So I like coon hunting. And now there's other people in here that do. Now, what is this? What is this in the Bible? The Bible says God has given all things coon hunting to, come on, y'all, I'm going somewhere, to enjoy. enjoy. Then I got to thinking. Then I got to thinking. I really like, I like watching my daughter play ball. Do you know the Bible says, the Bible says that, that children are a heritage of the Lord? Come on, sugar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Becca be out there. Just stand right here. All right, you can lean against the wall if you get tired. All right, go up one. Go up one. Don't get near my daughter. All right. All right. right. They was they was at the they was at the ball game yesterday and I I couldn't go yesterday. Well I called and 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 Tammy, she is not no radio announcer. Let me just tell y'all that right now. How many of y'all, uh, you ever had to hear a radio uh, uh, play on, on, a, on, a, on, on a race or a ball game or something? Well, here's Tammy's, here's Tammy's commentary of the ball game. She's fixing to be up. She is up. Swing. Strike. And then gets quiet and nothing. I said, well, what's happening? What's happening? I'm on the other side of the cell phone trying to because I love seeing my daughter play. I said, you got to do better on your commentary. I, she said, what do you mean? And we have the wind-up, and here is the pitch. Boom, it's strike. She said, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be more interesting, amen? But I love, I love going and watching Becca play. I love getting out there and seeing them run around the bases and do all that thing. How many of y'all have kids that play ball? How many of y'all like, don't you, isn't that fun? Isn't that fun watching? And sometimes I like going watching the parents more than the kids. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, then I got to thinking, you know, I really enjoy. God, I, I believe with all my heart, God gave me these kids to enjoy them. They're a heritage of the Lord. They come from God. God gave them to me to enjoy them. But then I got to thinking, man, I, I love playing golf. I do. I love playing golf. And, uh, and God gave us, I got some guys in here. That, that play golf with me. Now, I want y'all to know there's an anointing on this golf bag right here. And he had, and, and, and Brother Chad had to humble himself to, uh, to carry this thing. And, and uh, yeah, now, nah, come on over here, Brother Chad. Come on over here. Come on over here. Brother Donnie, you should have brought your Crimson Tide bag. You got it in the truck? Amen. <laughs> All right, just hang out right here. I, I, I love going to play, and there's about five guys. We get out there, and, man, we have fun and, 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 and go play. We even, we even went on a trip. Brother Bruce, where's Brother Bruce uh, Bates at? Brother Bruce, he's, he's in security, I think. Where was that that we went down close to Florida and, and, and played? With about 15 guys or so from the church, we went down there and played golf, had a big time, got around each other, enjoyed ourselves. How many of y'all know there's, there's, that, that this 
came from God. This came from God. Now, I've seen so many preachers get up and, bless God, sports are from hell. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're not. They're not idolatry. They can be. But God has given us these things to enjoy. Now, I got to thinking about, I got to thinking about fishing. I love to go bass fishing. Anybody like to fish in here? Anybody? All right. Now, see, I'm just telling on me, all right? These are mine. You, you put yours up here. Uh, yeah, come on now. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, come right on over here. There you go. All right, right over there, Brother Tommy. I'm talking about Bass Masters Classic right here. Amen. All right, go right on down there on that first row right there. And I, I thought, man, I sure love to fish. I love to fish. And, and I heard, I heard a, a, an older gentleman tell me this. If you've ever fished with a bobber or a cork or whatever you want to call it, he said, he said the prettiest sight in the world is where your bobber used to be. Say amen right there. Amen. And if you're a fisherman, you know what I'm talking about. Now, I thought about all the things that I enjoy. I thought about all the things that I like, that I enjoy, that I get a lot of enjoyment out of. But then I thought, well, what about the ladies? So I didn't really know what y'all, y'all like to do or, 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 or was good at. So I knew one thing that was a no-brainer. How many of y'all women like to shop? Yeah. All right. Stand right down here. Right down here. All right. And I've never understood going to 50 stores, spending 20 minutes in every store, and buying nothing. <laughs> what is that all about? Say amen. I said, what are you doing? I'm shopping. You haven't bought anything. I've never understood that. But for some reason, ladies love to do that. Now, all these things. Things. Say that with me. Things. Things. God has provided. God has provided. God's given me good friends to go golfing with. Everybody, everybody needs something that they enjoy to get your mind off of the problems of this world. God's given me good people to go fishing with. All of these things are great. God's given me good friends to go coon hunting with. And, and I get to go watch uh, my girls play ball and, and have a good time. So what's the issue? If we have all these things, and, and, and life is full of them, this is just a couple of mine. This is just a couple of mine. The world is full of things. Are y'all with me? See, right now you're thinking in your mind what, what your things are. So if we have all these things to enjoy, why are so many people unhappy? Why are so many people unhappy? That brings up number two. What was number one? We see the... But then number two, the problem to avoid. The problem to avoid in, in getting these things, in getting these things, I'll tell you one that I did. This is, where does, where does the things come from? Help me now. Comes from the Lord. He is the primary source of enjoyment. He made man in his own image so he could fellowship with him and communicate with him and have a relationship with him. He made man to enjoy. It said in Revelation chapter 4, all things were created by him and without him, any, nothing was made without him. He would, we were created for his pleasure. We are and we're created. In other words, God is the central source. He is the primary source of enjoyment. Now, he gives us these. These are secondary. Now, I want you to keep that, that word in your mind. These are what? Secondary. 
secondary. And they come from the the source or the primary. Say that with me. Primary. Primary. But what happens? What happens in our life? Is we take what is secondary and we come. Come on, Doc. I just love it so much. I'm just going to spend more time. And, 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 and this is what happens. I remember, I remember, I remember when, when, when I first, I went through, if you know anything about coon hunting, you know this is the deal. I went through a hundred dogs because you, people will lie. Oh, Jesus, help it. Coon hunters lie worse than anybody. I need a witness right there. I was at the St. Jude Classic uh, in the last couple of days uh, up in Tennessee, a, a benefit hunt for the, the St. Jude Hospital, Children's Hospital. And I'm telling you, there was more lies going on there than the Democratic National Convention. I need a witness. There was probably, in the whole crowd, there was probably five teeth in the whole bunch. Amen? Everybody had overalls on. Was you with me? Was that not the truth? Amen. Man said, man was sitting there, and, and they come up and said, well, this dog tree? He said, boy, it'll tickle you to death to see this dog tree. He walks away, and he turns around and looks at us. He said, it tickled me to death to see that dog tree. <laughs> Lie? Lord, have mercy lying going on. And I went through so many dogs before I ever got one that would really actually tree a coon. And I was so excited. And I would just pray, God, just give me one. Just one. If you just give me one, they would tree. It don't have to be a good one. It don't even have. If it would just tree a coon, a real live coon all by itself, I don't have to win the world hunt. I don't have to do that. Just give me one. Well, I got it. Little blue choo-choo. I need a witness right there. She's a little, little English dog, little English blue tick about that big. And, 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 and she's little, but she had a mouth like a train. That's how choo-choo. Amen? <laughs> but you know what I did? I want to go, go to a competition hunt. I want to win a competition hunt. And you know what? You win that first competition hunt. Well, I want to win another one. Well, then I want to win the state. Well, then I want to go to the world hunt. And, then I, and, I, and, and what happens? That thing that was has already become... Because we love it so much that we forget where it come from. We forget the primary source of our enjoyment. We forget the primary source of the things. And the things take the place of God. Watch this here. Watch this here. This is going to hit home with a lot of us. Well, we love our children, don't we? We love our children. One lady said, my children are my Life. My children are my life. Well, if something happened to my kids, I don't know what I would do. I would just I don't even want to live anymore. Really? You know what's happened? You say, well, everybody ought to be that way. Not so. Your children should never take the place of God. Because your children are Well, that's not real popular today, is it? Well, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know why that's a big deal. I'll tell you why that's a big deal. Because as couples and you have children, then all of your focus, all of your attention, all of your time goes to your children. Everything is about them children. And when them children get up and grow up and they go, you look at your spouse and say, who are you? Because as spouses, you grow apart because it's all about the children. By the way, spouses... God puts you together before the children ever came. 
Well, I think the best thing we can do for our children is give them all of our time and attention. No, it's not. The best thing you can do for your children is have a great relationship with your spouse. Hello. How many of y'all have ever flown on a jet plane? I'm fixing to in just a minute. Hallelujah. When I get on that plane, that stewardess is going to come, and she's going to have a little mask, oxygen mask in her hand. She says, in case of problems, and I always hate when they say that, in case of a problem and the mask fall out, always put it on who first? Yourself. Then your child. Why? Because if you're so busy putting it on your child and you pass out, you're no good to your child. If you're so busy trying to take care of your child that you ruin your spouse's relationship, you're going to be no good to your child. Amen. And this is why so many Christians are not happy. It's not because God is not good. It's not because God is not great and he don't want you to be happy. And it's not that he don't give you things to enjoy. You have put the things in the wrong place. What was supposed to be secondary has become primary. But there's only one problem with that. Everything that is secondary is always temporary. See, these kids are going to grow up. Forty years from now, she's going to leave my house. Fifty years from now, she may find somebody to marry. Are y'all with me? What is the problem we must avoid? A, write this down. We're going to have to work on that background. We can't hardly see that. Amen. Misplaced priorities. Misplaced priorities. We've got to be careful not to put the secondary into the primary. What happens when we do that? What happens when we do that? We not only have misplaced priorities, then we do this. A or B, misplaced pursuit. I'm, I'm the type of person... I don't do things real well in moderation. Some people can just take a little bit and find, I'm not that way. My makeup, my character, if I do something, I want to do it the best. If I play ball, I want to be the pitcher, I want the ball. If I'm in football, I want to be the quarterback. I mean, I, I want to, and I go hog, I can't do that. Some people just go play once, three, every three, four months playing golf, and that, that satisfies them. But if you know anything about golf, Brother Chad, can you play three or four times a month and be good at it? You can't do it, can you? You got you to play all the time. You got to keep in a rhythm. Now, uh, 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 brother, brother Gabe, can you, can you hunt a dog two or three times a month and it be a good one? It don't work that way, does it? Well, here's the deal. What happens with me is I get onto something, whether it's golf. I remember when I first started playing golf, I, I went and, and got a job at a golf course when I was a teenager I went and got a job at a golf course so I could play free and I played every single day even on Sunday as soon as dad would say amen I would go and play nine holes and then come back and be on time for the for the uh the Sunday evening service because if I didn't he would kill me amen but I was consumed with it it was all I wanted to pursue And when you get things out of order, when you get priorities out of order, all you pursue is that thing that you have put right here. It may be shopping. It may be hunting. It may be fishing. It may be golfing. It may be watching your kids or your kids may be your only pursuit. And here you are. You say, well, what is the problem with that? I'll tell you. Turn in your Bibles real quickly, real quickly to Ecclesiastes 
Ecclesiastes chapter number 2. Do you have that on the, on the board, Doc? And if you don't have it in your Bible, we got it right up here. Watch this. This is, this is a man by the name of Solomon. This is a man by the name of Solomon. Why is this man ever to live? Why is this man ever to live? God gave him a supernatural wisdom, a supernatural power, a supernatural anointing, and, and riches beyond your imagination. He gave one person everything that this world could possibly offer. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, he went on a journey because he got things out of order. Yes, there was a time Solomon got out of the will of God. He backslid on the Lord, and this is what he said. I'm going to find happiness. I'm going to search it out. And he used the term under the sun. And what that means is without God. I'm going to go try to find my satisfaction in the secondary. Say it with me. The secondary. I'm going to look at every secondary thing there is. I'm going to look at all the things in this earth. And I'm going to find happiness. Watch what he says. Ecclesiastes 2.1. I said in mine heart, go to now. I will prove thee with mirth. In other words, just happiness. I'm going to have me uh, uh, court jesters. I'm going to have me comedians around me. I'm going to just have laughter all the time. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. And behold, this is also, you know what that word vanity means? Empty. Empty. Watch this. I said of laughter, it is mad and of mirth. What doeth it? Keep on. I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. Watch this. I made me great works. I builded me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruit. I made me pools of water to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens, and servants were born in my house. Also, I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold and the peculiar treasures of kings and of the provinces. I got me men singers and women singers. In other words, he went with wine, women, and song. He had a 1,000 women, 700 wives, 300 concubines. Listen, he, he, whatever the devil's telling you you're going to get joy and satisfaction out of, he did it. Everything that this world could offer, entertainment, you name it, and the delight of the sons of men, musical instruments, and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. God allowed him to keep that supernatural wisdom. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. In other words, how to use things. Watch what it says in verse 11. Or excuse me, verse 10. Verse 10. Go back one, brother. And whatsoever, watch this, whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. Now watch this. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought. I looked on all those secondary things that I tried to find lasting peace, hope, satisfaction, and joy out of. And on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, behold, all was all was vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit. Where? You know what that means? Without God. Yes, there is a temporary pleasure in golfing. There's days I would go out and shoot good, and man, my joy level was. But it's very possible to go out the next day, am I telling the truth, Brother Chad, and, and can't even break 80. And where's your joy? 
go out one day, go out one day and catch all kind of fish. And then go out another day and can't buy a bite. Go out one day and Jimbo's tree, three, that's my dog, by the way, big oak Jimbo, say amen. And he do good one day and he rode in the front of the truck with me, amen. And then the next night, he put a skunk in a hole and run a deer out the country. <laughs> Needless to say, he didn't ride in the front with me that night. See, the secondary is always temporary. And the reason we have roller coasters in our life, we're up one minute and down the next minute, up one minute, down the next minute, because we have put the wrong thing right here. And if we recognize and understand, if we'll put our primary source of joy right here with our relationship with the Lord, God will make sure it doesn't matter what the secondaries are doing, the primary will keep you going. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Church, say amen. All right, guys, y'all sit down on that front row right there so y'all don't have to stand all this time. Give them a hand. They didn't do a good job. Let me give you, let me give you, and, and number three, this is what, write this down. This is very important. Write this down. What was number one? Tell me number one again. All right, say it again. Principle to accept. God wants you to enjoy your life. God wants you to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. God wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. God has given you things to enjoy. Amen? Number two, the problem to avoid. Keep the secondary, secondary, and the primary, primary. Because when you put the secondary in the primary spot, that secondary is going to run out because it's always temporary. Does anybody, is this making sense to people? And see, when the secondary runs out, we're, we, hit the, we hit the bottom. And we say, there's no joy in this Christian life. Yes, there is, if you'd have kept it where it's supposed to be. Seek ye the kingdom of God. Put him first as a priority in your life. Now, here's number three. Write this down quickly. There is a pattern. There is a pattern to attain. Psychologists. Psychologists have come up with three things. After years and years and years and years of human research and human lives, they've come up with three things that they believe that people must have to be happy. And all they'd had to do is take one Bible and read it, and they could have found out what it took years and years and years to find out. What do people need to be happy? What do people need to be happy? Number one, or A, you can put A, B, and C under this. What do people need to be happy? Number one, they need something to do. They need something to do. God already knew that. So how do you know? Because when he made man and put him in the garden, they, he gave him something to do. He was to till the ground. He was to work the garden. He was a gardener. Amen? He gave him a job to do. He was to take care of that agriculture situation there in the garden. This was before the curse, by the way. This was before the curse. Work was before the curse. Amen? We need something to do. You need a job. You need work. You need something 
to do. Why do you think there are so many retirees that once they retire, it's not a short time, they usually die? Because they don't have anything. Because what they do gives them purpose. What they do gives them a reason. What they do gives them significance. You say, what does this have to do with church? Do you realize God has given every one of you something to do? In Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says that God has gifted every single Christian. Every single one. God has given you a gift to use to build and edify the body of Christ. He's given some the gift of leadership. He's given some the gift of administration. He's given some the gift of encouragement. He's given some the gift of helps and service. But he has given everyone. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. He has given you a gift to use to build the body of Christ. Let me tell you what the Bible says. When Jesus was here and he was giving us an example, he said this in John 13. When he met with the disciples in the upper room, how many of y'all know what he did? He got down and did something to their feet. What did he do? He washed their feet. And this is what he said, John 13, 12. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, watch this, ye also ought to wash one another's. Now, watch this. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, read it with me. You know why some of you ain't happy? Because the only one you serve is yourself. Some people take this so literally that they they believe it's another ordinance of the church, that every so often you need to have a foot washing service. Now, I don't take it that way. I don't have no problem with it. I don't have no issue with, with churches that do that and have foot washing services. It's a humbling experience. It's, it's, a, it's good to have. I think everybody ought to have to go through one of them and, and humble yourself to serve one another. But the point in the principle that Jesus is trying to teach you is that you need to get your eyes off yourself and serve one another. Jesus said, I didn't come to be ministered to. I came to be or minister to others. I came to seek and to save. I came to be a servant. I came to be an example so that you would see if I have done this unto you, you are to serve one another. Because in the whole time, they were arguing of who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Who's going to be the greatest? Who's the best? Who's number? And he's just, he said, I'll tell you who's going to be the greatest. The one that's the servant. The one that serves one another. I'll be honest with you. I like getting babied. I like, listen, y'all spoil me rotten. I'm telling you, it's a shame. No, it's not. I love it. I love it. I mean, things that y'all do for me and, and are blessing to me and, 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 and all this stuff, I love that. But you know what? I get more joy out of getting down in, 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 in the dirt and the mire with somebody, helping them with whatever need they have. There is so much truth to the, the word that says it is more, it's, there's more joy and, and gladness and happiness. It's more blessed to give than receive. And God is saying this, you have a job to do. There are people out there, I was watching them Easter, and I was watching them today. They're out there greeting. They're out there parking. One came up to me today and said, Preacher, you kicked me off the team. And it just wasn't on the schedule for today. I said, no, we ain't kicked you off the team. We need all the help we can get. Now, you know why he said that? He said that because he loved what he did. Had a great time and enjoyed being out there serving 
you. You know, when churches split and have all kind of problems and fight and bicker and gripe and complain, it's when they want everybody else to serve them. What's in it for me? What do I get out of this? I don't even like that attitude. I don't even like that attitude. There's way too many people. Let me tell you what's the problem with um, the American church today. There's way too many people wants a big part of something small instead of wanting a small part of something big. There are some people that will come to this church, but they won't hang around because they can't be the big kahuna. And they'll see, hey, I won't get anywhere around here. This thing's too big for me. I won't be able to be the big dog. You sure won't. There ain't no big dogs in this kennel. The alpha male is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we all here, the reason we get along so good is nobody has to be, nobody has to have preeminence. Just give me a little something, this big thing, and we're having a big time. But true joy is going to come from something to do. God's given us something to do. God's given you a gift to serve your brethren and enjoy the fire out of it. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Say amen. So, True happiness comes from something to do. Say that with me. Something to, something to do. God's given us all something to do. Then, then the second thing is something to love. Someone to love. Everybody, say it with me. Everybody, say it with me. Everybody, Everybody. needs somebody. I like it when people love me. It makes me feel good to know that somebody loves me. I think it was Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain wrote the book and talked about all of his, his prowess and his womanizing and all the women that he had had in his life. I mean, God only knows. It burned up a calculator. But nobody knows this fact. He said, I would trade all of those relationships, those temporary one-night stands, I would trade every one of them for just one that I knew that loved me. He took something that God had meant for good, and God meant to bless his children and for his children to enjoy their life, and he made it a primary instead of a secondary, and it left him feeling empty. Richard, what are you getting at? It's hard to find close relationships in this atmosphere right here. There's no line. When all the time you have to shake hands or get to know people is the few minutes when we say, turn around and shake your neighbor's hand. Uh, uh, Brother Smith, Brother Jonathan, look, look over there on that other side over there. Is there anybody over there? Can you see anybody you don't know? Uh, there's some over there, right? All right. All right, Brother Williams, Brother Williams, can you see somebody on this side that you don't know? There's people over here you don't know, is there? It's hard to find a close relationship in this atmosphere. That's why we have our life groups. Because you have a small group atmosphere where you will find acceptance, where you will find love, where you will find fellowship, and you will find somebody to love. Not only somebody for you to love, but somebody to love you. Preacher, what are you saying? What, 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 what? Hey, there are piles of people in here that want to love you. 
and care for you and be your friend. But even if there wasn't any, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What is the great commandment, Jesus? What is the great commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, all of thy soul, and all of thy mind. And the second is like itself, love thy, love thy as thyself. Isn't that amazing? True happiness is going to come from something to do and then someone to And then number three, or C, however you want to put it. True happiness comes from something to do. True happiness comes from someone to love. But true happiness comes from something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. Let me, let me go back to that, that fellowship deal. On that, on that life group. You say, is that biblical? Watch this here. 1 John 1. 1 John 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. These are disciples that were there and they experienced Christ. They touched him. They seen him. They, they were, had an intimate relationship with him. And watch what it says. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. In other words, we're telling you this for this reason. That ye also may have. That ye also may have. With us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that what? Your joy may be full. In other words, I want to tell you about Christ. I, I witnessed to I witnessed to Jeremiah because I wanted to see him saved. Not only did I want him to see him saved, I wanted him to have fellowship with us, with the body of Christ. Why? Because I loved him and I knew he needed love. And we told him about Christ so he would accept Christ. Then he would be able to fellowship. So for what reason? What reason did I invite him to the life group? What reason did I invite him to the things that we do around here, working around here? We have as much fellowship at work days as we do anything. But why do we want them to have fellowship? That his joy may be full. Jeremy, even in the work day, did you like hanging out with us? They crazy, ain't they? Did you, did you get any joy out of being in the life group and sharing and encouraging? See, your joy is never going to be what it can be till you find something in this church to do, someone in this church to, but then number three, Something to look forward to. How many of y'all was looking forward to Easter? I was looking so much forward to it, I put Pepto-Bismol out of business. I was so nervous. I was praying, oh, God. Just, you know, here we go. I was so much looking forward to it to when it did happen. It was so good. I mean, it was so great. I was just anticipating it. How many, of you, how many of you know about anticipating and looking forward to maybe a vacation? Maybe looking forward. I remember, I remember when we would go down to my aunt's house in, in Okeechobee, Florida. We would go spend a couple weeks with her and, and, and get to go fishing and all that. And I would wake up. I'm telling you, it wouldn't be daylight till 6 o'clock. And I would wake up at like 4 o'clock in the morning. Couldn't sleep because I was so anticipating the day. So anticipating getting to go fishing. And man, that was so fun and so enjoyable. But see, there's people in this world that don't have anything to anticipate. They go to work 
and they come home. They go to work and they come home. They go to work and they come home. And we wonder why the suicide rate is out of this world. But watch what the Bible says. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What do we hope for? What are we looking for? To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away. What does it say? Reserved in heaven for you. Wherein ye greatly, verse 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. What he's saying there is there may be times in this life, there may be times in this life that you go through a difficult hour. Difficult hour. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of, I will fear no evil. Do you realize your life is full of valleys and mountains? Has it ever dawned on you that Jesus said you could say unto this mountain, be you removed and cast in the sea, but he never said it about a valley? Because God uses valleys to mature his children. And he said, when you have something to look forward to, even if you're going through a bad time, even if you're going through a difficult hour, even though you're going through something you don't understand, a difficult trial, he says this, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found in the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, and whom though ye see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. What does that mean? When you're looking for his return. When you're looking for his return. He says in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Amen. Church, you have something to look forward to. Amen. This old crazy world is not all that we have. We're going to a better place. We're going to a better land. We're going to a place where there, listen, there's no death, no sorrow, nothing there that causes tears. You want to be really happy? Find what God has destined you to do. Find people that you can pour your life into and you can love them and encourage them. And they can encourage and love you. Then remember that we are just pilgrims passing through. And we have so much to look forward to. I'm already looking forward to the next big event here at Temple. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I can't wait to fill this place up again. I'm looking forward to the, to the celebration service. A little fella come up to me right, at, right before the service said, Preacher, I'm ready to get baptized. I said, we're getting to it. I'm ready to baptize Brother Jeremy. Uh, uh, listen, I'm ready to baptize those who are getting saved. Brother Josh called me, and he led his, his little brother Michael to the Lord. I can't wait to baptize him. Man, I got something to look forward to. And that brings me great joy. Church, be careful. Be careful and not put the, say it with me, not put the, in the, why? Because secondary is always temporary. Church, say amen. Father, in Jesus' name, God, I pray that you'll help us right now.